0: In Super Bowl 37, FedEx did a commercial. It was a spoof on the Tom Hanks movie Castaway. A lot of folks have seen the movie Castaway. And the commercial was really kind of cute kind of funny. And if you know anything about the movie, there was this one package that with the volleyball Wilson that kind of kept Tom Hanks going out on this, you know, desert island for five years or so. And of course, in the movie, the last scene is that he delivers the, the package. Well, the commercial has him delivering the package to this lady in, in a suburban area. And before he turns to leave, he says, by the way, and he tells the whole story, and he says, Can I just know, since I've been deserted on this island for five years, can I just can I just see what was in the bag? Can I just see what was in the box? She said, sure, she opened it up. There was a satellite telephone, a GPS, there was a water purifier and seeds. Everything he needed to survive on was right there in the box, but he never opened it up. God's word has everything that you and I need to survive on. We just don't open it up. The average statistic says that you read this book less than three minutes in any given week. That's atrocious because what you'd have to survive in life is in this book. Sometimes we don't see it that way and sometimes we grab the Bible as a last resort or when the kids are sick or when crisis happens, but God has given us everything we need his very words, it's the Bible. It's also called the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God, God's Word. And the definitive chapter on all of this is Psalm 119. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 119. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. It may have been written as, after Ezra had rebuilt the temple. And it has a repetitive meditation. It's 167 verses long. With 22 stanzas of 8 verses, it's an acrostic psalm The first 8 verses all start with the letter A in the Hebrew alphabet The second set of, of 8 verses start with the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet And so on and so on Until you go through all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet That's why if you have a Bible that has something that looks like Hebrewish, That's just the Hebrew alphabet, like our A, B, C, and D And so it's a beautiful poem. And then you also have to remember that the Jews, and at this time, there were no printing presses. Gutenberg hadn't hadn't invented this thing yet. And the Jewish faith was very much an oral faith. By that I simply mean that fathers told the sons and friends would sit around the dinner table and talk about the law and retell the story of Moses crossing the Red Sea and retell the story again of of Mount Sinai and the fire from heaven and the cloud by day and the fire by night. It was a very oral tradition. They were a people that talked very much about the things of God. The people of God in that day were a people that talked very much about the things of God because they realized that what they needed to survive was in God's word. We are a people who have God's word but don't talk about it a whole lot except on Sunday mornings. And if you just look inside, it has got everything you need to know how to navigate inside life that you and I live. The problem is we just don't look inside. Psalm 119 is is a Torah psalm. T-O-R-A-H. There's about 21 of these in the entire book of psalms. They were songs that were kind of like, remember when we first started the the songs in the key of life and Ed came up and we're just singing those good old songs, you know, and and y'all were just so happy. It's like comfort food, you know what I'm saying? Well, Psalm 119 is like the comfort food. It was the no-brainer. They didn't have to think. The words were familiar. The cadence was was rhythmic. It was easy to memorize. It was easy to remember. It was easy to sing. It was easy to pray. It was easy to live by. And so Psalm 119 is is kind of the, the ultimate Torah psalm because it goes back to just the first five books of the Bible. Even though it was written after the First Kings, Chronicles, Judges, and, and Joshua, it was still only the Torah, Philoxen, focuses on Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, or Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Pentateuch, and specifically the Torah, the law, out of those first five books. It's amazing. It includes ceremonial and ethical laws, and, and it emphasizes right living. It doesn't emphasize rituals of sacrifice. But the Torah emphasizes doing and living the will of God. Whenever you open this up and you check it out, you will find from Genesis to Revelation, the message is knowing, doing, and living the will of God. Let me say it again. From Genesis to Revelation, it's about knowing, doing, and living the will of God. You just got to look inside. Psalm 119. Matter of fact, we don't know who the author was, but we do know when it was written, Israel had seen its better days. There was no capital. The nation of Israel had been divided into a northern and southern kingdom, Israel and Judah. And now they had been ransacked. They had been been overrun by the Babylonians and the Persians. They had been taken the best and the brightest of their children had been taken off the Babylon and their cities were burned and ruined. And those that were left, the poor, the aged, the infirm, the elderly, they were scattered abroad. They were known as the dispersia. They had no homeland and they had no temple to go and worship in. They had no high priest to offer a sacrifice for them because there was no temple. And so the writer of this Psalm 19 says, listen... We may not have a capital. We may not have the land. We may not have the temple. We may not have the high priest. But we have something infinitely better. We have the Torah. We have God's word. And so as he then writes, and again, every verse except for one out of the 176 verses refer to the fact that it has makes a reference to the Bible. God's word, law, statutes, precepts, his way, his path, his light, his lamp, his judgment, his testimonies. In some way, it always comes back to the word of God. And what the author was trying to tell us is that, listen, in life, if you're going to make it, In life, if you're going to really truly live it, you got to have one true core principle about who you are and what sustains you, what strengthens you, what guides you, what motivates you, and that cannot be your job, that cannot be your marriage, that cannot be your children. It has to be, it must be God's holy word to guide and direct. And so he would write to us in language that, We just don't talk about it anymore. It's eloquent language. In the Hebrew, I'm told it's a masterpiece. Matter of fact, Psalm 119. Would you look at verse 9? I'm sorry. Psalm 119. Look at verse 9. Matter of fact, I'd like for us to do a responsive reading this morning. And you may not know what a responsive reading is, but a responsive reading is, is kind of a liturgy. Just basically, I'll read the first verse, and you read the next verse. You read the bold verse, and, and then I'll read the, the, the unboldened verse. This is in the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Again, every letter would start with their, their Hebrew alphabet, Beth. And, and, and let's just start and see how we do. How can a young man keep his way pure? Well, wait a minute. This is my part. Don't jump in on my line. <laughs> I may get a little preachy during some of these parts. So, you know, just kind of like, don't rush me here, okay? All right? But I appreciate, you know, you read the, the dark lines, okay? We'll, we'll review, all right? And, uh, and just say, wait, how can a young man keep his way pure? And don't we all want to know that for our children? Honestly, doesn't every youth worker want to know how? We think we need the best program, the newest this, the the slickest that. The core is by living according to your word. Now let's read together. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. By the way, even though I am not the lottery and big on you doing the lottery, that kind of thing, if you knew or if somehow you hit the lottery, all right, I would expect you to tithe, but that's a different message. Wouldn't you tell everybody you hit the mega-million jackpot? Wouldn't you let that be known? Do you understand what the author was saying? He's saying, listen, you got something here more valuable than the mega-million lotto. You have the precious, eternal, life-changing, transforming word of God almighty. Open it up. Open it up. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. Now, some of you are living in clear violation of that last line, aren't you? Some of you are living in neglect of God's word. For some of you, your Bible, if it could talk... Probably gets dusted off in January when you make a a New Year's resolution that you're going to read through the Bible. By the time February rolls around, you can't find it. You dig it out in March because your kid got sick and, and you need something to hang on to. You finally bring it to church with you on Easter Sunday. Yay. But by May, it's back on the shelf with filled in streams and Reader's Digest. It goes through the summer, and maybe because you think you'll have some leisure time on vacation, you throw it in the suitcase for your vacation in July. You come back from your vacation in July having not read God's Word, but you leave it in the Bible because really you hadn't had time to unpack, and so now we're in September, and your Bible's in the suitcase. Well, you bring it back out, put it back in its rightful place under the Reader's Digest by the field of stream. And the next time it's uncovered and dusted off is when the preacher comes in October. And you put it right there in the coffee table. But then it gets kind of tucked away until Christmas. And then you know what happens then? All the wrapping paper gets thrown all over it. See, if you're like most people, you only read God's Word about three minutes a week. A week. I think that falls under the category of neglect. If I only talk to my wife three minutes a week, my wife and I have a come to Jesus meeting. You know what those are? Those are never pretty. Those are never fun. Those are are meetings that you just rather not have. You say, man, you're trying to guilt me to read the Bible. No, I'm trying to help you because everything you need to navigate through life is in the book. Open it up. say, Pastor, I don't understand it. Well, I got great news for you on Wednesday nights, and we are having really a great turnout on Wednesday nights all across the board. On Wednesday nights, we are going through the Old Testament, the, the seven stages of the Old Testament from now to the end of May, and we are going through and helping you understand, hitting the highlights and the essentials of God's Word. There are life groups out there that will help you understand God's truth, precept life groups, and other life groups that will just take God's Word, a safe place where you can ask questions the problem is is that not that we don't go well that is a problem too we don't go but we don't delight in your decrees and then we neglect your word so i said well i'm not a good reader well listen if you're not get the thing on cd and 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 read it and let it talk to you on your way to work there are all kinds of ways And when you open this book up, let me tell you what you're going to find when you open this book up. You're going to find that it has eternal power. Look at verse 89. Just kind of follow along with me in Psalm 119. Verse 89 says this. He says, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Look at verse 160. It says, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. Flip back to verse 28. It says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Those verses tell us that God's word has eternal power. I want you to understand something this is not some static old antiquated history book this book is alive this book has living truth because it's based on a living savior who sits at the right hand of god the father today and one day is coming back to claim his church and take us all home to heaven this book is alive and you need to open it up amen well not only you're going to find it's an eternal word but it has transforming power it has transforming power There's great verses in this psalm. Look at Psalm chapter, or look at the same chapter. Look at verses 57. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your word. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways, and I have turned my steps to your statue. He said, God, you changed my life. And the New Testament gives us many wonderful verses about that, doesn't it? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. See, this Bible, this book, when you open it up and you read it, you just read it. I'm telling you, there are places you may have to ask others for understanding, and that's great. But I'm telling you, this book has the power to transform your life and praise God for it. Remember several months ago where we had several folks and stayed in the church all across the church and we just talked about how God was changing lives. Those are not isolated incidences. Has God tried to change your life this week? Has God tried to mold you and, and bend you to his will? Has God tried to transform you by his power? I'm telling you this book has transforming power in it and then it also has life-giving power. One of my favorite verses in Psalm 119 is found towards the end. Look at once, I think it's 162, 163, 175. Let me live Let me live. Let me live. The idea in the Hebrew is, God, your word gives me life, so let me live in it. Let me live. Let me move according to your word, your law, your precepts, your statutes, your commands. Everything that is in the book, I've opened it up and I want to live by this book. This book, not my opinion. This book, not popular opinion. This book, not the whims of society or the fads of society. This book is what gives us life. How many of you were dead in trespasses and sin and you heard the life-giving message of this book and you confessed your sins and asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart and at that very moment you became spiritually quickened and alive by the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. He gives life. Not only does he give life here, but eternal life one day when we all go to heaven. Man, we have wonderful words of life Open it up. Open it up. Read the scriptures. Would you flip with me to one other passage? Psalm 119, 105. I want us to do one more responsive reading from Psalm 119, verses 1. Oh, five and following. Again, I'll read the unbolded part. You read the bolded part. Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws.